Hey guys, George Mesa, Third Eye Edify Podcast, here to bring you another episode about a bunch of topics that seem to overlap as they often do in my world here at this desk. <laughs> and I'd like to start with a question, as I often do. What is art worth? What is a paper dollar worth? What is anything worth? It really matters the perspective of the, the user who's using the art, who's buying it with what kind of money. Is it just digital numbers on a screen? Are they passing off bars of gold? You get what I mean. But the main focus of this episode is going to be the overvaluation of certain kinds of art. And this falls into other categories, of course, that being music in particular, my own personal specialty, and things like video games, even things like athletics, sports in general, tend to be one of the more recognized, overpaid things that are out there. It's just the way it is. I mean, I'm not trying to make anything up here, but when people that are nurses, when people that are teachers of any kind also do something like bartending to make up for the money that they're not making, and then the bartender makes as much per year as somebody who's offering education to children, it's a little alarming. When somebody who plays sports or is in a popular rock band is making more than an entire country, now we're talking about some real problems here. When one single piece of art makes more than the entire GDP of a whole country can in one year, now I'm questioning things. Now I'm suspicious. Where is this money coming from? And is it really happening as, as discussed? I mean, we have to go with the narrative. We have to use things like Wikipedia, online internet sources, usually coming from mainstream sources. And as you'll see with some of the photos I have, they're, they're not really a very high clarity and they don't do justice. They're hard to come by. When a painting sells for over $20 million or over $200 million, uh, maybe there aren't a lot of high-res images of it for a reason. I can understand that. But I can't quite understand the pricing of these things. Knowing that me as a musician, who I think works extremely hard to make sure the craft is appropriate and professional and excellent, as a teacher, as a performer, as a researcher, my pay hasn't necessarily gone up for the act of holding a bass and either teaching or playing, because bass guitar is my main thing. Um, but that's a conversation for another day. My point is, how does it happen? Yes, of course, skill and talent and pioneering spirit should be awarded in some fashion. But do you personally need $200 million or more? I'm just saying that that can, that can aid countless numbers of people, just as a start to the conversation. So who am I talking about in particular? Why don't we start here and let this uh, web weave itself in all the directions that it may. So here is an image of 
somebody a lot of you I assume are familiar with, Jackson Pollock. That's spelled P-O-L-L-O-C-K. Not to be confused, that's the uh, spelling that you would give a Pacific Pollock, the fish. Not to be confused with the Atlantic Pollock, which is P-O-L-L-A-C-K, something I found out while researching this. Uh, it's a fish with a protruding jaw. Has nothing to do with what I'm talking about. I just thought I'd throw the info out there. And here he is working on a painting. I'm not sure which one, but as you can see, the canvas is humongous. And the splattering is apparently random. Of course, I wouldn't, I personally wouldn't necessarily say that. But um, this drip style, this pioneering act of abstract expressionist painting, it's known as the abstract expressionist movement, was really pioneered by him. And when anything's pioneered by anybody, whether you think it's art or not, it is absolutely important in not only the advent of culture in any part of the world, but also the perception of culture in the rest of the world. This seemingly chaotic process here, which he certainly denied was anything on relying on anything of the accident, in quotes, he used his body force of paint. And of course, this word kept coming up as I was researching gravity, which I've spoken about previously, and I will speak about another day, but not today. He had an idea what he wanted ahead of time. And he put into practice combinations of colors, thicknesses, and different types of brushes and different effects. He walked around the canvas. There was plenty to talk about here. And I'm not here to discuss Jackson Pollock in detail at all, as a matter of fact. I'm here, more importantly, to discuss paintings such as, at the time, what was the most expensive painting of all time ever sold. And this here is called Blue Poles, which is the AKA. It's really called Number 11, 1952. It's purchased amid controversy, in quotes by the National Gallery of Australia in 1973, by the Whitlam government, who was the 21st Prime Minister of Australia. So Australia bought this for $2 million in 1973. And at the time, this is the highest anyone has ever paid for a painting. I assume by a lot. Now, I'm not here to tell you that this isn't worth something. I think it's pretty beautiful, and I'm very sorry that I can't get a better quality image for you to look at. But it, it doesn't matter how amazing or pioneering or whatever, this isn't even his first work. It's nothing should be placed into these types of money amounts, especially when dollars and currencies are different throughout the world. Why does this cost $2 million? What could we have done? With those two million dollars? I want to know. I'm curious what you think. Please leave a comment. And how different is it to fund this multi-million dollar painting? How different is it to fund a multi-million dollar tour for a band? Or to fund a faltering company to push an agenda? And I'm talking to you, BlackRock and Vanguard. Their millions and billions go to fund Target 
and anyone else trying to push some kind of agenda at this point, and I'm sure a lot of you have heard about this recently. This is being filmed in the middle of 2023. Pretty crazy. An interesting side note is that um, famously, Jackson Pollock was filmed and I'm sorry, filmed and photographed by um, what's his name, Hans Namath, who was a German photographer, and they called each other phony. They got into a fight. This is a famous interaction with them. And as he was there documenting what Jackson Pollock was doing, Jackson Pollock essentially just gave up and walked away because, you know, he essentially, it was cramping his style. Now, I can completely understand that. If someone was standing right next to this camera, it'd be a little different than me talking directly to the lens alone in this room right now. So, again, I'm not here to naysay any of this history. But is this what it's like when some of these, um, you know, these, um, what do we call them? We call them not conspiracy theorists, uh, the debunkers, right? When they're standing by and trying to do their best to get one of these, you know, healers or magicians to, you know, do their act in a certain, they give them different parameters, skeptics, we'll call them, and then they can't pull it off because they don't have their, you know, they don't have all their tricks on, on, on the ready. They don't have their special table or their special cloth or whatever it is. You know, is, is that what happened here? Is there more to the story? I'm not digging deep for this in this episode. I'm actually moving on to other topics. But I am curious, again, how anything can produce this kind of money. And that's just the beginning of the expensive Jackson Pollock paintings. Um, there was the, in November 2006, his painting number 5, 1948, sold privately to an undisclosed buyer for $140 million. And at that time, it was the world's most expensive painting. So that's two world records right there. And in 2013, number 19, 1948, at auction reached $495 million. So half of $1 billion for one painting. Somebody can afford this. Who? And I mentioned Target specifically because, and, and Bud Light, because they're the two big ones right now to talk about. They, they pushed their agendas. They immediately faltered. They're losing money like crazy. It's obvious to the market and to the public. But it's not important. They're receiving these millions and billions of dollars from who, tell, who pays their bills, BlackRock, Vanguard. These are companies you should look into if you're not familiar. They're the ones paying these bills to push these agendas. They don't care if they do bad. It's not about profit. That may seem crazy in a corporate world, but that's my point with this. Is Where is this money going? Here is half a billion dollars for this painting. Here you go. Where did that come from? And now what is it being used for? How many wills can you fill with that kind of money? Is it even money? Again, or is it just numbers on the screen? It's not gold. It's not silver. And uh, now, what will transition into some other topics, most importantly here. This is number 17A, 1948. And I again apologize, it's very hard to find high-res 
quality images of this stuff. And um, perhaps I can find a book that has nice pictures and take a good picture of that. But this is, again, it's unique, it's intriguing. It certainly has depth. If you really meditate on it, it can take you places. I think it's cool. I like it a lot. I'm into abstract. And I'm also into basic and fundamental. Because they all have their shared beauties. But I do find that abstract often does require that your mind and senses borrow from the most basic and fundamental ideas. Perhaps this is what people really like about this stuff. To the tune of half a billion dollars, though? I don't think anything could possibly be worth that. Maybe an entire continent. I don't know. Is that how can you buy things like that? It's really hard to say. But uh, based on our track record past 100 or two years, I'd say it's very possible to buy continents, yes. So this particular painting raised my interest the most, actually. Not because of its looks or anything. And again, I think it's pretty cool. Um, it reminds me of Tangela from <laughs> Pokemon. I don't know if being too much of a nerd there. But in 2016, February of 2016, Kenneth C. Griffin of Citadel, which is a multinational hedge fund of the highest order, he sold this painting, he already owned it, to David Geffen, who you all may know from Geffen Records, also owns DreamWorks, who makes movies like Monsters and Aliens. There's your agenda right there. Captain Underpants series as well, which I had the displeasure of watching, and I must say, it is... I don't care that it's immature. I, I laugh at slapstick. I, it's great. I've made plenty of slapstick stuff in my past as well. Believe me. And Captain Underpants is pushing agendas. Einstein, gravity, all that stuff. If you don't know, I would check it out before showing a young child it and letting them get addicted to it or something like that. But it just shows who he's working for, in my opinion. And he also has his uh, subsidiary called DGC, David Geffen uh, Company. So I would definitely look into those companies. If you're not familiar with them, you've probably heard music from Geffen way more than once. And uh, maybe taking a quick look at their logo would give you an idea. This may click a few memories for you. Kind of looks like the Death Star with the trench and everything, but I'm not sure if that's the point. It is a ball playing a globe, perhaps. Certainly not a disc. And then uh, here's DGC Record logo, just to get the idea. So that was sold to David Geffen for $200 million. Why would I even, why would I even mention who bought it? The point is that, again, I'm not saying this painting isn't great or worth something. I'm saying that it's not worth $200 million. And the only people that can afford something like that are people like David Geffen. Now, Interestingly enough, the web thickens, the mesh tightens, and I'm not surprised. And I refuse to be surprised, by the way. And I hope that all of my fans and listeners feel the same way about that. But um, DGC is also Universal Music Group. Universal Music Group is in cahoots 
with a they have multi-year licensing agreement with Tencent. The mighty Tencent. I uh, may have mentioned a few times that I was on the show Crow Triple Seven Radio about two years ago, maybe even a little more now. And I did an entire episode on video games and what I think is the agenda behind them. And Tencent was an important section in that conversation because they have a big, they're a huge player in the video game world and in the music world, as you can see, and many other things, movies as well. But beyond that, there's bands that get funded by these companies. They get funded to have huge tours because a lowly band starting from nothing, even if they get pretty popular, you can't fund a world tour. You can't. And record sales, especially nowadays, are certainly not going to pay for that world tour. You need somebody to buy your band for half a billion dollars. They're not going to give you half a billion dollars. They're going to use half a billion to create the infrastructure for a world tour. And then you may get something at the end of the day, of course, but you're not going to see those kinds of numbers, which makes the painting even more staggering. That one painting, the, tra the transition of the painting from one owner to another, $200 million for you. It's not about now you have to go utilize this money and compartmentalize a bunch of different people to make it work touring from different countries, different continents. It's, uh, it's staggering, to say the very least. It's staggering. So who is somebody that's under the DGC record label? It's the band Hole. And they had an eight-album contract in 1992. And of course, Hole is fronted by Courtney Love, who's the extremely controversial figure who had a child with Kurt Cobain from Nirvana, who is under extreme suspicion for the circumstances surrounding the murder of Kurt Cobain. And some of it seems pretty legitimate from a conspiracy theory point of view, but um, the documentaries that were made about that seem fairly legitimate. I didn't do any personal research. It seems fishy that he was able to use the shotgun the way that they said he was, but I don't know. And it's a real shame regardless of any of the story behind that. Now, net worth is hard to judge, I assume, on somebody like Courtney Love. She's an actress. She ends up in roasts of people, and she's done all these albums with the band Hole, which it looks like she actually wrote the music, which is respectable, and I appreciate that. But um, it says she's worth $100 million online. Whatever. Not important. But again, what would you do with $100 million? Would you buy everyone you know a house? Or would you just kind of sit on it and just keep doing what you're doing? It's funny how they always just seem to not do much with their endless, bottomless funds. But it all comes from they have to be funded first. She didn't earn $100 million touring with a band that fell, in my opinion, out of favor fairly quickly. That just doesn't happen. And I met her because I've played a lot of gigs and I played a show one night at the same place she was playing. I was the opening band at a place at the far east end of Long Island, Montauk. And it was called Surf Lodge. I was there, I played, and then she was there. And of course, she was just surrounded by people. And 
I'm not, I'm not against telling all of you that I didn't get a very good vibe from her. And I actually attempted to approach her, you know, had a drink in my hand. As a matter of fact, the band I was playing with, it was pretty cool. We had a drink named after us at the bar. I thought that was cool. And it, and so I said, Hey, we have a, we have our own drink. Can I, can I offer you one? You know, it's like, um, I'm a big fan. I didn't say I, I did. I wasn't necessarily a big fan of Hole, but I just wanted her to know that I was there and get the chance to meet a superstar, essentially. And she didn't even say no. She just kind of turned around. Now, I understand that I'm not the first person that said that to her, but I was with the band. We were we were there to say, hey, we, we just got off the stage. She saw us. She knew we were the band. It's not like I was some lone dude coming in to hit on her. We showed up as a band. I was the one that said, hey, because I recognized her right away. Other people didn't actually. And we got zero acknowledgement. Again, she was not simply pushing off somebody asking for an autograph or some guy trying to hit on her. She disregarded and completely denied speaking with the opening band. And this wasn't some venue where you could hide in the backstage. It's just like an open place to just hang out at the beach. And zero. Zero response. So good for her and her $100 million. I really don't care. But the chances of her being the despicable person that people say she is might be good. There's a good chance. It's unfortunate that this is true. But I have personal experience with it, and I'm willing to share that. So who else is on this list? Not Geffen, but I, I thought of Miley Cyrus because I know she's obviously at this point, you know, whatever you want to call it, filthy rich, and who knows why. Um, I don't necessarily think she's very innovative or artistically gifted in any regard. I, I think she's very unfortunately groomed from a super young age to be Hannah Montana. It, it just gets worse from there. I don't even want to get into it. Her godmother is Dolly Parton, however. I thought that was interesting, because Dolly Parton fell right along the vaccine bandwagon even to the point where any of you have saw any of you that have seen died suddenly, she's at the very end, and she re-sang um, Jolene, that song, super famous song of hers, and she replaced the word Jolene with vaccine, and she's just totally on the agenda. And that one hurt because I do think Dolly Parton is very talented, and I did like a lot of her music, and it's very unfortunate that she also hey. Episode 10 of mine, Drop Your Heroes, right? And every corner you turn, you have to. It's very unfortunate, but it's true. So, you know, Hannah Montana was making $15,000 per episode. This is a little girl. So the parents were clearly doing that. Um, Billy Ray Cyrus is the dad, by the way. So that was her at age 11. I, I picture the castrati in the ancient world where parents would actually give their kids to be castrated in the hopes that they would survive and retain a male and retain a high-pitched feminine voice for the rest of their lives, not successfully completing puberty, losing their genitals. And the parents would do this for out of poverty or that the, the promise of becoming a superstar because they were the highest-paid musicians of all time at the time, as a matter of fact, by a long shot, the ones that survived. There is a recording left of the final remaining castrati if you're interested in looking at that, that's C-A-S-T-R-A-T-I, castrati, as in castration, right? So none of this is new. 
None of this is new at all. So this whole 10 cent thing, this whole idea of an artist getting way too much money, no matter what the, whether it's sports or anything, and you've got a better chance of being an athlete than being in a popular rock band. There are a one, two, three, four, five maybe in a rock band, maybe three sometimes. You get five out of however many billion people to get a chance to actually make, you know, millions and billions of dollars as a musician. You might as well try to be a professional athlete. You'll make a few million dollars. And I still think that's quite overvalued. And where's the money coming from? And all, the, all I ever see is people gambling on sports. So sports is a detriment. 1984 knew it. Anyone that researches Rome knew it. It keeps the masses at bay. And the fact that anyone gets paid that much at all for anything, I don't even care what you're doing. I don't care what the job is. You are not worth $100 million. It's, it's too much. And nobody's asking for universal basic income either. We're just, just want to be able to survive without being forced and tricked into debt everywhere you go. That's all we want. Leave a comment if you agree. I feel like I'm on the right track with that. So who is this? And what is this game? Fortnite. Now, anyone that's been watching my show knows that I'm certainly, I'm not going to call myself an ex-gamer, but I'm an ex, you know, addicted, crazy, over-the-top gamer. And Fortnite was certainly an addiction I completely missed out on, which is, you know, to my own benefit, I assume. I'm not bashing the game at all. It looked like a lot of fun. And you got to play with 100 people at once. I mean, that's pretty un unreal. So let's look at one or two things before we even discuss who it is. Maybe some of you do know who it is, but we'll get to that in a second. There's clearly a globe, but it's actually the map, I assume, of Fortnite, which I really think was a flat earth map. And um, we can talk more about that another day. But here's an astronaut, astronomical. We get Saturn, of course, as the O of Astro. Why not? And Fortnite, good old Fortnite. So... Who has a 40% stock in the company that makes Fortnite? Epic Games? It's Tencent. They're rearing their ugly head. And I'm going to get even further into it in just a moment. Keep that in mind. Now, this is Travis Scott. He's a rapper, where a lot of them lately just seemingly come out of nowhere. And suddenly they're playing shows to millions of fans and actually taking home that much money as well, as far as we're led to believe. Here is his album cover for Astro World. Astronomical, Astro World. Doesn't even really say it, but there's a seemingly a globe behind the child on the left that says world. Maybe it says Astro World, I don't know. And here is Travis Scott with no eyeballs, seemingly possessed. Medusa-like quality to him, as a matter of fact. Some undine or some kind of... Not, not a positive thing. And there's a family, or more than one family, walking straight into his mouth. He's just devouring souls. And now, and of course, there's a rocket ship. Why wouldn't there be, right? So this man is worth $60 million. And his girlfriend, who I don't know if there still are, Kylie Jenner, who you may have heard of, I'm sure she has something to do with the Pride movement, um, $900 million net worth. 
I'm putting these numbers out there to let you know that when government organizations or corporations say there's no money left, they are completely lying. This is where the money is. If it's not in a war, it's here. Now, Travis Scott put on a little show, as it were, on Fortnite. Fortnite had live concerts. Because 100 people play at a time, and there's a lot of games going on at once. That's a lot of people. This is a free game. But it makes more money than almost any video game I could ever imagine. Now, does it have to do with Tencent backing them as they were making the game? I think it does. Would you ever release a video game for free and put five years into making it? I don't think so. If that's, for, that's what Fortnite did, though. Average user spends $100 a year. That's the low end. 350 million plus users. You could easily spend $5,000 a year if you felt like it. If you really wanted to buy all the things that they offer. They offer you different skins, different weapon skins, and you know you, you can look different. The gameplay doesn't change, as a matter of fact. I, I talked about it a lot on that Crow episode. So why Astro World is most interesting to me is that Travis Scott, and now I'm not tooting my own horn here, but before this happened, I mentioned Travis Scott because this astronomical Fortnite performance that was witnessed by 45.8 million people showed him, you know, he's an astronaut. He gets huge. He, he, he suddenly he's in outer space. And I'm like, all right, here's the agenda here. Fortnite is social media now. And watch out for Travis Scott. And I said that on, on Crow's show. So suddenly, fast forward to November 6, 2021. I was on Crow's show in 2020. He performed at Astro World in Houston, an event, um, and he won a Grammy for the oh, album, by the way. Gives you some insight into the Grammys. Houston, we have a problem. Um, people were being crushed. They died at this concert. And so they suddenly had to bring in the paramedics or whoever else was there. And the word on the street is that they didn't know what the hell they were doing. They had some real amateurs there. A lot of witnesses were saying that they weren't doing the proper medical procedures to these people to try to resuscitate them. Maybe it was on purpose. So Travis Scott's up there performing at this time. People are dead or dying. Multiple people. They're being pulled out of the crowd and walked out and carried off and carted off. As this is happening, there's a video of this that you still somehow on the internet still Travis starts chanting in a very strange way as he stands taller than ever on the stage. Dead. Dead. I'm not making it up. It's very easy to find information. Some of you might, might know what I'm talking about, actually. This is a ritual sacrifice. A term I've never used on this show yet because I try to not use it unless I'm sure. This time I'm sure. Don't ingest Travis Scott's entertainment, and don't let any of your kids do it either. It's garbage anyway, but it's best that you stay away from the agenda as much as you possibly can. Staying away from Tencent, staying away from BlackRock, things, this can help. It's horrible. And I don't like talking about it, but it's important that we discuss this. Because this is where the value of this art comes from. The people are paying for this 
to occur. And they're selling records and they're taking your money at the same time, which is just part of the laughing all the way to the bank. Not that I've ever seen anyone do it. But so he's on Epic Records, by the way. And this is what led me to Epic Games. This is how I connected all of these things uh, mentally. Epic Games is also responsible for the Unreal Engine, which is in a lot of games. They've hit the big time. They're it. I mean, they really are it. It's out of control, is what it is. And, um, think about this now. Tencent has 40% stock in the company. A Chinese company, Tencent. I'm not here to discuss Tencent in full. I planned on this being a short, doesn't seem like it's going to be. But, take a look at this. Ten cents headquarters. The Binhai Mansion is a twin tower. Are you surprised? Don't be. Um, <laughs> an interesting uh, Binhai means marina, marina, mare, and mansions. Root word is manere, to remain. Mare, manere. I thought that was an interesting kind of chant-like sounding thing to it. Could be related, could not be, I really don't know. But, um, you know, side note about the alien thing I mentioned earlier, monsters and aliens from DreamWorks. And yes, I have a lot of trouble believing in the alien agenda that's being pushed right now. But Tom DeLong, Blink-182, also on DGC Records, He's involved in conspiracy theories, and he founded the To the Stars Academy of Arts and Sciences and uh, Entertainment. It's an entertainment company. They pretty much show you what's going on with the aliens. And um, To the Stars is an L. Ron Hubbard book, and he's a Scientologist, so I don't know how far those connections go. I actually never took it deep yet, but we we will. Let's see what happens eventually. Not today. But... um. And another side note that Geffen and David Geffen and Oprah Winfrey tried to buy the LA Clippers. This is another thing that, you know, they're putting their hands in everything. When you go to, maybe it's not the sport itself. Maybe it's all the advertisements that come with it. Maybe it's the stuff that they're putting on the college teams and the WNBA teams' shirts. They're all walking advertisements. Every picture is an advertisement for them. It's, it's crazy. It's crazy. Um, you know, it's really, it's really hard to say more without overlapping. But um, I will show you one last thing about Tencent because look, when they, um, when they put their forty percent valuation of Epic, and they bought that a long time ago, uh, twenty twelve, that was eight hundred twenty five billion. That was forty percent. They also own 9% of Spotify. They have 2% of Tesla, which is a very important thing I brought up on that Crow episode. If Tencent is involved with Tesla and they work with video games and we're worried about that Ready Player One thing coming, I'm more worried about the brain chip being the device. You know, it's not going to be a console. It's not going to be an input device. This is the way input the chip. Now you are the input device for anything they want, by the way. And I had a very good episode about that chip off the old skull. It was a short one, shorter than this, and I, I highly suggest checking that out. 
Um, I discovered a really good article from somebody who seems to at least know how to put a good article together. This guy called Packy McCormick from Not Boring. And I give credit where credit is due. He put together this little um, thing here, and I certainly did not. And he was discussing the metaverse and very unfortunately discussing it in a positive note. I certainly don't think so, and I know a lot of you know that already. Hopefully you all feel the same way. But take a look at this. Ten Cent's metaverse, right? All these things are coming together. Ten Cent owns stock in all of these things. At least four of these things are something that every single one of you knows. At least four. And they're big. Snapchat and Reddit are sitting here. Spotify? Are you kidding? Fortnite? That's billions of people already done. Bitcoin. Animal Crossing. Anyone curious about why that's there? You may recall that the second Animal Crossing, and I happen to know, you could talk to your friends while playing and you could visit each other's towns online. This is kind of a metaverse concept where you have your metaverse, they have theirs, and you can visit each other's. So there is an overlap there, actually. Maybe it wasn't a harmless kid's game. I thought the first one was great on GameCube. I loved it. I played it to death because it was so addicting. But that's because every day was different. And it went with the clock, which was very unique. Not the first time a game went with the day clock, but pretty much the first one to use it the way it did. Not important to be a nerd right now. I'm just making sure I don't have anything else to say because the bottom line is this. I... Like I said earlier, I personally haven't really received a raise. I've raised my own personal teaching rates, but you often have to teach at institutions that do that to get a lot of students. It's very hard to get them on your own. And um, you go with whatever they're charging. It's not up to you. And it depends where you live. I just moved out of New York, and my rates were finally rising to a place I was comfortable with. And now I'm not sure if I can... Charge the same rates. I don't know. I'm going to, of course. But I have a feeling it's going to turn a few people off since I'm charging New York rates. And But it's what I'm worth. Because I'm damn good at it. And I'm still a music teacher, by the way. You can contact me anytime for that. Um, I, It's what I do. This is also what I do, of course. But this is not all I do. And um, if this show, you know, gave me any kind of substantial income at this point, I'd be... I would tell you. I would tell you what I was doing with it to help improve the show, as a matter of fact. And you can support me by becoming a Rockfin Premium member. All my exclusives are there. And uh, you can also join me at Patreon. I have a $10 and a $15 a month uh, membership plan there. And of course, I'm on YouTube, but I lose views. Yeah, I lose subscribers. I'm sure that happens to everyone. But I lose views. The comments don't make it half the time. What is that? Is that shadow banning? I guess it is. So it's unfortunate, but I did get my first little kind of badge of honor. I made my previous episode on YouTube was Devil's Triangle based on the Bermuda Triangle. And they gave me one of those little Wikipedia Britannica. The Bermuda Triangle is. So that's that's a badge of honor. I'm taking it. I'm very pleased with that, as a matter of fact. And um, it's been great talking about this stuff with you guys. Thank you for listening. I hope that you got something out of it. I found some interesting connections that I did not expect. And I got my head thinking about Tencent again because they're really at the forefront of a lot of things. Look, if anything, out of all this, look into Tencent. 
look at what they are connected with. It is unbelievable. They don't make anything. They just have stake in all of these different music, movie, video games, and other media. It's genius. So the Twin Towers live in China. And a lot of what you see is coming from them. So if you've done your best to avoid China by not using TikTok or something else, Tencent's got you covered. Trust me. I leave you with that. Thank you so much, guys. It's been a pleasure. I'll be back real soon.